Just for a little to the chapter we read in Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter uh, 1. Luke chapter 1. We read at verse 45. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. This chapter tells us about the heavenly visitor that came to, to Mary uh, with the news, the most amazing news, uh, that she was the one that God had chosen uh, to bear uh, the Son of God in human nature. And uh, of course we know that although Mary was a wonderful woman and somebody that was set apart by the Lord for this amazing privilege and amazing uh, favor, Uh, Mary was a sinner, same as anybody else, because, we'll see that in a moment, she talks about God as her Savior, so that the son that she was carrying uh, was to be both her son and her Savior. And uh, the the whole thing really is, is quite remarkable. And uh, I think we've said it often enough before, it's maybe we're guilty uh, for not recognizing just what a wonderful woman uh, Mary actually was. Because sometimes maybe we've avoided this in case uh, we'd thought of, of giving her an a, a undue or a, a wrong position. Mary, of course, shouldn't be set on a pedestal any more than anybody else. Mary is not to be worshipped and Mary is not to be prayed to, but Mary was for all that a wonderful woman of faith. Because if you put yourself in that position where a heavenly, where, a, where this announcement comes and uh, you're at a stage like that, you're on your own, you're not married and you're told that not only you're going to have a son but that it's going to be the Son of God. To have the faith and the humility and the submission before God to take all that on board just shows really what, what an amazing woman she actually was. So uh, Mary, of course, uh, receives this uh, quite extraordinary, extraordinary news. Mary would have been probably uh, very late teens. That tended to be the time when, when Jewish women at that t- time got married. And so, of course, we know that uh, she was what we would term today engaged uh, to Joseph. But at this particular point, she was still an unmarried, she was still a virgin. And uh, of course, this news has come. And she asks the question, the obvious question, as to how this was to happen. And she was told that the Holy Spirit would overshadow her. And what was to happen was really quite remarkable because the, the Lord Jesus, who was born of a woman, born of Mary, he was made of her substance. He was formed in the woman the same way that any baby is formed of her. And yet, 
he was kept free from all defilement and all sin. Because we've got to remember that we are sinners through and through. David in Psalm 51 talks about us being conceived in sin, that we go wrong in the womb. You know, some people have the idea that, that, that babies are absolutely innocent. Well, they're not. Because, yes, I know that the Lord, the Lord can deal savingly and has dealt savingly with a child in the womb. He did that with John the Baptist. He set apart Jeremiah, set apart John the Baptist from that stage. And we believe that the Lord has and does deal in that way. But the thing is that the sin that is part and partial of our being is in us, in our mother's womb. And that's why David says that he in Psalm 51 that he was, he was seeing the twistedness of who he was. And he traces it right back and he says, right at the very beginning, I was wrong. Right from my mother's womb, I was wrong. But Jesus was different. Although he was made of the substance of Mary from the human part, yet he was kept free from all, the body was kept free from all defilement of sin. Of course, his body was the same as it had to be, the same as yours and mine, in that it was, it was a body that could die. It was a body that would feel, a body that was absolutely human. And yet it was kept free from all defilement and sin. And so the whole thing is, as, we, as the Bible says, great is the mystery of godliness, Christ manifest in the flesh. It's a, it's a mystery. And sometimes people say, do, do you believe that? And we say, yes, absolutely. So how? We don't know, but faith. This is, this is what faith is. Faith lays hold of it and believes God's word. We believe it. We know it's true. It's as true, even although we cannot understand it. We know the truth of it all. And we, we lay our very lives upon this truth. And so... Mary has received this wonderful news. And so she goes, she goes down to, to see Elizabeth, uh, her, her cousin. And we find them rejoicing together. And you know, there's something, there's something beautiful in, in that. And you know, when the Lord deals, because the Lord has dealt favorably with both Elizabeth and with Mary. And here are two women who are rejoicing. And you know, I think it's a great thing when the Lord deals favorably with us. That we don't keep it to ourselves. That we, we should rejoice with others. We should tell others when God has done great things. Not in a way of boasting. But in a way of acknowledging God and giving glory to God. And particularly if we can go to those who, who can identify to a certain extent with our news. In the same way as maybe when we have bad news and when we go through a difficult experience. It always helps when we... When we're with people who know where we're at, who, who can identify with what we're going through. And so it is on the other side, people who can maybe identify with our joy. And so it's a beautiful picture of Mary and, and Elizabeth coming together to, to rejoice together with what God is doing for them. And you know, there's great faith in both these ladies. And you know, there's a little picture almost of heaven here because this is part of what the saints in glory will be doing. We'll be rejoicing together in the Lord. So that these moments when we have a rejoicing together here in this world, in faith, because of who God is and what God does, is as it were almost like a little foretaste 
of, of glory itself. And uh, so as we say, uh, Mary and Elizabeth are together and uh, then uh, Elizabeth uh, says, Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Blessed is she that believed. And you know, that's a wonderful statement. Because you know, that, that, is, that is one of the most beautiful statements that anybody could make. You know, people sometimes wonder and say, I wonder what I would like to have on my tombstone. When I die, what, what would I like to have written? Well, do you know this? I don't know that you could have something much nicer than that. Blessed, or you could say, is the one who believed. Blessed is the one who believed. Because that's the greatest thing that you can do in this world, is to believe. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And you know, when the, when the day comes, when the, when the great white throne is set up, and when the books are opened, and all the dead are summoned to appear, and every single person appears before the judgment seat of Christ, only one thing will stand. It's on that day that people will see just the blessing there is in believing. That is the only thing that is going to be of ultimate value and worth from this world is that we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so there will be an eternal blessing. Maybe there are days you struggle here in this world. But you know the glory that will come from this believing is beyond even our comprehension tonight. So here it says, blessed is she that believed. And then we have Mary's song. Now we're not going to go through, through just to look at, highlight two or three things just at the very, very beginning of what is known as uh, the Magnificat. And Mary begins by my saying, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And again, as we said earlier on, Mary is highlighting the fact that the Lord is her Savior. And uh, as we said, that, is, that shows that Mary was just a, a saved sinner, just like you and just like me, but somebody who was so favored of the Lord. And although she was favored of the Lord, we've got to remember that a sword, and you know, you often find that, where there's great blessing, there's often a sword in this world, because that's the nature of this world. And Mary... Simeon, remember how Simeon gave that later on. He, he was to give the, that, that, a, that a, 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 a sword would push into her, own, into, her, into her own soul, into her own heart. And there were times, and that was her experience, right to the very cross, where she looked on the son that she brought into this world, the son that she had nursed and brought up, and seeing him hanging there, and yet... Her faith, I wonder, I would love to know just what Mary's faith was like at that particular moment. As she looked on her son hanging on the cross. Did she have the faith of Mary of Bethany at that time? Because remember Mary of Bethany had recognized that Jesus was going to, that's why she had anointed him in light of his burial. Her faith was so vibrant, so powerful, so great. She knew what Peter and John weren't able to understand. I wonder if Mary, the mother of Jesus, 
was able in the midst of all our own personal agony and grief. And yet we know how tender Jesus was on the cross. He was even there making provision for her, where he put her into the care of of John, the disciple, the disciple whom, whom Jesus loved. But back here, Mary is recognizing, and she's giving thanks for God. And it's a lovely expression. God, my Savior. And you know, that's what we must do tonight as well, is give thanks for God, our Savior. Do we really give thanks and thank him over and over and over again? Because she's saying, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. And from behold, from now on, all generations will, will call me blessed. Because what Mary is doing is she cannot get over how the Lord chose her out of all and recognized the blessing that was to come upon her. But you know, the Lord has chosen us as well. There are millions in this world that he hasn't. But he has chosen us. He chose you. He set his love upon you from all eternity. He came into this world to die for you because he loved you so much. And that is a marvel. We cannot, we cannot get our head round that. But you know, we should so often stop and thank the Lord and say, Lord, I thank you with all my heart that you chose me from before the foundation of the world and that you had a purpose and a plan for my life. And you have measured my days and you know exactly the day that you're going to take me out of this world. I don't know it. Nobody knows it, but you know it. There's no accidents with the Lord. Everything is perfectly ordered and ordained. And so we should give him thanks. I, I can't even begin to imagine how people cope when they do not have the Lord. When they pushed God out of the picture. Because life is full of random Accidents and random events and nothing makes sense. But when the Lord is at the heart of our life, we understand that he's in absolute sovereign control of everything. Not even a sparrow falls to the ground without his knowledge. So Mary is giving the Lord great thanks. And so, so should we. We should be in the, in the habit of thanking the Lord. We have so much to thank the Lord for. Because when you think of, as we sang there in Psalm 92, uh, to render thanks unto the Lord, it is a comely thing. And so every day we should thank the Lord for temporal and spiritual blessings. Thank him that he took us from a fearful pit and miry clay and he set our feet upon a rock, establishing our way. Do we thank the Lord for his patience with us? I can't get over the Lord's patience with me. Day after day and week after week and month after month and year after year. We're so slow to learn. We're so stubborn. We're so prone to going back to what he has shown us is wrong and he's shown us the right way. This is the way, walk ye in it. And you start walking there and then your feet slide and you slip and you wander and you go back. And he takes, he goes and he takes you and he leads you on again. His patience is, is quite extraordinary. Do we give him thanks for that, for his patience? 
for, for his, his, his love, the love that upholds us and the love that keeps us. You know, we've been kept every single day, kept by the power of God. The, the very word has the idea of guarding, that the Lord has put a guard around us. And every day and every night, we can't look after ourselves, but we're there. And even if, you know, the wonderful thing is, if in Jesus Christ and the Lord was to take us through the night in our sleep, the fact that we're, we're out of it at that particular moment and just taken, he's in control. Our soul will be transported immediately into glory, into his presence. All the time, he's watching over us. <clears throat> And he gives us his wisdom to guide us. And so often we're needing that guidance, aren't we? We don't know which way to go. We don't know what to do. So often in life we're wondering what to do. I've said it before. I remember once I, when I remember leaving home and working out, deciding, well, this is what I'm away to, to Glasgow to study. And I thought, oh, well, that's, that's my decisions over in life. And maybe later on I'll make a decision who I'm going to marry. And that's it. You have to think it. Life was as simple as that. A couple of decisions. My job and, and a wife. And that'll it. That'll do. Every single moment, every day, we've got decisions to make. And we find we're so often we're saying to the Lord, Lord, please help me. Guide me. May your light be a lamp to my, <coughs> to, to my feet. Show me the way to go. I don't know what to do here, Lord. How often we come to situations and we're not sure just what is the right thing to do. Lord, keep me back. Or Lord, take me on. <coughs> but so often we're depending upon him all the time. Do we thank him for his great promises? You think back over your life to the many promises that God has given you. That you've, these, these promises have been a pillow for your head at night. And they have been a rock for your feet on the road during the day. So often God's word, you've had it in the morning. And there it is, it nourishes you. It guides you. This word is life to you. This word is it's more precious than gold. There have been periods in your life and you're saying, Lord, there is nothing in this whole world that will satisfy me right now like getting your word. Because this, when you get the word of the Lord and you get the faith to lay hold upon it into your heart, it brings an energy, a strength, an assurance, a persuasion, a knowledge that you wouldn't, you wouldn't change for all the wealth of the world, is to have this from the Lord. And so we should be constantly praising him and thanking him. Thanking him for all the material benefits that we have, the homes we have. We have a lovely bed to go to at night. We're not in cardboard boxes. There's loads of people tonight, and they're just sleeping, sleeping under the... Sleeping under the, with, with, if they've got a blanket, they're lucky. Doorways in the cities are full of people just lying there. Do we thank the Lord for the bed we have, for the comforts that we have? All these great material blessings. 
And then Mary moves from, from herself and she's looking at what God is doing in a more, more general way. And she says that his, his mercy, verse 50, uh, and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Isn't that wonderful? His mercies are new every morning. Wouldn't it be awful if God's mercy ran out? <clears throat> Imagine if the Lord says, I'm sorry, I have no more mercy to give you. Wouldn't that be a fearful declaration that would come? But no, it'll never come. You see, we have a full word here. The word that is given to us here is complete. It's not going to be added to. This is a word that will last as long as life remains in this world until the last of God's people is taken and the, much of God's word will be fulfilled throughout an endless eternity. So many of the promises are re- re- pertaining to glory. But all, all the time, you see, the, 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 there's this mercy that is given to us. The, from, his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? And then we see that God in his sovereign power, that he turns things upside down. He scattered the proud in the thoughts of their heart. He's brought down the mighty from their thrones and exhorted those of, of humble estate and filled the hungry with good things. And you know, God's righteous judgments are amazing to watch. Because sometimes you can go on for years and years and you see those who think nothing of the Lord and they're going up and they're going up and they're going up. What one day they will come crashing down. And we see those who have walked humbly with the Lord. And in due time, he will exhort them. You see, the Lord, he is a righteous judge. And he will do what is right. And this is what Mary is so convinced of. And this is why she gives him so much thanks and praise. And so should we. The personal, but also her heart moves out into the general And moves from generation to generation. And so should we. How thankful we are tonight that we are able to praise this living and true God. Let us pray. Lord our God, we pray that you will indeed bless us. And we give thanks for for your patience and your grace, your mercy and your truth to us. We give thanks, O Lord, that uh, you are guiding us day by day. That your word says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you will go. I will guide you with mine eye. And we give thanks, O Lord, that we are being led by you. We are being led by you in this world, and we will also be led by you in the world to come. Because it is in the world to come that the Lamb will continue uh, to feed and to lead uh, his people throughout an endless eternity. And so we pray for the faith that that lays hold upon you. And we pray, Lord, that you will strengthen us. So often we feel weak and we feel vulnerable. And so we pray to bless those who are, who are struggling in life. We pray for those, Lord, who have uh, health issues, who may have received bad news. Lord, we pray that you will be with them and that they will, you will bless them 
And we pray, Lord, that you will bring back returning health. You are the God, the great physician. You're able to do far and beyond anything that we could ask or think. Help us to trust in you. We pray, Lord, for those who are downcast and those who are struggling. Bless them, we pray. Bless all whom we love, our homes, our families. Take care of each one and forgive us our sin in Jesus' name. Amen.